Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 6, how God was giving mankind space to repent, and we'll finish learning about Tom Cantor's young Ethiopian friend who got saved but was running out of time to live due to cancer. Now, before we begin our Bible study here with Tom Cantor today on Friendship with God, we want to introduce to you the new Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible from Tom Cantor. It's an amazing study Bible that features the greatest resources and Bible study helps available on the market today. Now, this King James Study Bible and Reference Bible has genuine lambskin leather, over 2,200 pages of Bible helps and references and outlines. In fact, over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references, 12 custom-made full-color maps, as well as a History of Israel nine-page full-color timeline map, and a full Bible concordance, popular Bible scripture references to study and memorize, prophecy and fulfillment study section, names of the Messiah study section, the life of Joseph study, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah study section, Hebrew root notations and definitions, as well as how to receive the Jewish Messiah, also a tour of the Bible scripture journey, daily bread reading notations, over 600 pages of Bible study helps with the Friendship with God, King James Study Bible. You will enjoy this Bible from Tom Cantor, and we'll pre-sell it today for a donation of $100 or more to the Friendship with God radio program and Israel Restoration Ministries. Donate today and receive the new Tom Cantor Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible, over 2,200 pages. You'll enjoy this Bible. Call us now at 800-247-3051. You can also call us after the program. Again, 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Sign up to receive this Bible at the beginning of January, 800-247-3051. Now, here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching from the book of Genesis. Temeskin, who who now, as I mentioned, is about 11 years old, uh, he has this tremendous growth that occurs on his right leg. So the village elders come and look at it, you know, and then they said, look, you know, you need to go to the hospital. You have to go to the government hospital in Addis Ababa for your leg. It's very bad. And uh, so the family says, how are we going to get to the government hospitals? It's two and a half hours away. So they, they only had one possession, one goat. So they sold the goat, and they bought three bus tickets from their little village. They had a paved road that, it, back to Addis Ababa. And when they arrived back in Addis, Temeskin's cousin met them, and they went immediately to the government hospital. And they looked it over, and they said, well, you have cancer. You have osteosarcoma cancer. Ethiopia has the best medical schools in all of Africa. It's very, very good medical schools. They don't have a lot of things, but they have good medical schools. Anyway, and so they told Temeskin that he had to have his right leg amputated at the hip immediately because he would die within weeks, they told him. And then they told Temeskin that the only person qualified to amputate his leg was an orthopedic surgeon. And uh, there were only two orthopedic surgeons in the country of 85 million. That's what they told him. And, and he was booked for nine months. So, sorry. So they told Temeskin that he was going to die. And then they explained to Temeskin that it was very expensive for the hospital to transport dead corpses you know, around the, back to their villages. So they asked Temeskin, would he kindly 
return to his village and die there to save the hospital's money. Well, you know, Temeskin's mother and Kibu and the cousin, they just sat down and cried. They just cried and cried. But not Temeskin. Temeskin remembered the 24-year-old woman who God healed, and he told him it was going to be okay and that they shouldn't worry. Well, then the cousin said that he had heard about a, uh, a non-government hospital in, in Cities Kilo, the middle of Addis, and it was the Mother Teresa Hospital. That's quite some place. I remember when I first went there, stood on the outside of the door, big metal door, and it says these words in English. It says, for the destitute and dying. And then you open that, and that's exactly what it is. 2,500 people living on every inch of ground they can find, dying of AIDS and TB and everything else. Anyway, so they went there, and there was a doctor who wasn't an orthopedic surgeon, and he had never amputated a leg before, but he said he was willing to give it a try. So, (laughs) well, it worked, and he successfully removed the leg at the hip. Now, at the hospital was an Orthodox Jewish doctor from New York. His name is Rick Hodes. And he had been sent to Ethiopia by the Jewish Joint Distribution as part of what they called Operation Solomon, which was to provide health care for the Ethiopian Jews. So, when the Ethiopian Jews left for Israel, Rick stayed there to take care of children with cancer, and especially tuberculosis, bone defects, backs, you know, kids that were all bent over from TB. And, and so he, he worked with the nuns at the Mother Teresa Hospital. There's an HBO documentary film on Rick. It's called Making the Crooked Straight, and he's got some book called A Soul, The Mission of Rick Hodes. Anyway, so God gave me several times to speak with Rick heart to heart, and when it came to the Lord Jesus Christ, Rick could quote scriptures to me. He was, he, 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 but Rick was uh, absolutely convinced that he's going to heaven by his good works. He's lost. Now, Temeskin became Rick's patient. And Rick took Temeskin out of the Mother Teresa Hospital eventually, and brought him home with the 25 other Ethiopian boys that he had brought home with cancer and TB degenerative spines. Rick's not married, by the way, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> and Rick uh, and had adopted, he had adopted five of those boys and got them into private schools in the U.S., high schools and colleges and states and so forth. And every night, Rick would light the Sabbath candles in his home with those 25 Ethiopian boys. And Temeskin told me that Rick was trying very hard to convert them all to Judaism and none of them wanted to. Anyway, so Rick had found that the amputation of Temeskin's leg was too late because the cancer had already spread in his body. And so Temeskin told me that one day when Temeskin was 12 years old, after his amputation, Rick sat down with him. Now here's Rick, a lost soul. He did not need the Lord Jesus Christ because of all of the good works that he was told me about, not just in Ethiopia, but in, in Rwanda and Zaire and Tanzania and Somalia and Albania. And I remember one night we were sitting down together at, at, uh, to have dinner at the Sheraton in Addis, and he starts to say, and, and when we start with the dinner, he says, okay, Tom, let's get it over with. Go ahead and tell me how you found Jesus and tell me why I need Jesus. I thought, boy, that's quite an opening. <laughs> but when I told Rick, you sinned, Rick, and you need God's sacrifice, 
Then he recounted to me all the good works, all the mitzvahs, all the mitzvot that he'd done. Good works and how they were enough to get him into heaven. And when I told him that Isaiah said that we're all as an unclean thing in Isaiah 64, 6, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, Rick just looked at me and he said, maybe yours, but not all my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Not mine, you see. I can show you kids that are alive today because of me. I can show you kids that can stand up today because of me. So maybe you need, but I don't. Well, okay, that's Rick. And so that same Rick sits down this one day with Temeskin, and and Rick actually told me what happened. And Rick says to him, Temeskin, I'm sorry to tell you that your cancer has spread, and I can't get anything like the chemo and the treatments you need to even have a chance to stop your cancer. So he says to him, he says, Temeskin, you have to understand you are going to die. See, lying in the sand. Like man's day, she'll be 120 years. And so then he says to him, so Temeskin, I have just one question for you. And he says to him, Temeskin, are you afraid to die? Now that's something. He had his 12-year-old kid, right? He's asking him, are you afraid to die? And, okay, so Temeskin understood he was going to die. The line in the sand had been drawn. And Rick was so impressed with his answer. He told me this. Because he said, he looked Rick right in the eye, and with calmness, he said to Rick, no, I'm not afraid to die, because we'll all die sometime. He said, and it doesn't matter when we die. What matters is what we do before we die. Isn't that something? Now, when Rick told me that, Rick was very impressed. And I told Rick, I said, Rick, Temeskin, by that statement, was telling you that he was ready to die because he had done what matters before he died, which was to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. And I said, Rick, you are not ready to die because you have not done what matters yet, uh, which was to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Rick didn't agree, but anyway, he's very considerate. Rick is very considerate. He's resistant, but he's considerate. Every trip he makes to Israel, he brings back little vials of Jordan water and pieces of olive wood and gives all to the nuns at the Mother Teresa Hospital. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God in just one moment. Now, our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, is not just a teacher, pastor, scientist, CEO, and 2009 Whistleblower of the Year award recipient winner. He is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism ministry that has reached millions of lost Jewish people around the world, from the U.S. to South America to Israel And we've reached them with the gospel and Jewish materials so that they, too, might be saved. Now, Tom Cantor is a Jewish born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to reach other Tom Cantors that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We do that through free gospel gifts and messages that we offer for free. You can help us by supporting this Bible teaching radio program by calling us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Okay, so just to finish the story about Temeskin. So, Bruce and Mary Louise Cohen were visiting Rick in Addis. 
Mary Louise was my lawyer for the whistleblower case. And so Rick was at the Mother Teresa Hospital, and, and Tomeskin was actually there that day as well. And he was telling them about Tomeskin. And he was saying, I just can't adopt another one, another Ethiopian boy. And he was saying, Tomeskin is going to die without advanced treatment. And just as he said that, Tomeskin came around the, the corner. He had this big smile. And as soon as he did, Mary Louise saw Tomeskin and she blurts out, we will adopt him, just like that. Her husband, Bruce, was in a state of shock. But uh, so Tomeskin came to the U.S. And, and that's where I met him, in their home, the home of the Coens there in, in uh, D.C. And as soon as he could get a little bit of English and could, we could communicate, I found out we were brothers in Christ. We were brothers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he came to the Lord Jesus Christ from a mud hut in Ethiopia, and I came to the Lord Jesus Christ from a mud hut in Bel Air. But we were, <laughs> we were brothers. And it was amazing, because Tomeskin found himself now in a multi-million dollar home in Washington, D.C., going to Georgetown Day School, where the tuition is a mere $34,000 a year. Now, Tomeskin took up guitar, and he started to write hymns in Amharic, and that he played for me, and, and he told me he, that he's writing these hymns as fast as he can and learning them, because his goal was to go back to that church, that church there with the tin roof, and he was going to be the one to bring the first musical instrument, the guitar, and play these hymns that he had written and teach the church. He was, that was who he was looking forward to. Well, he never got to do that, because three years later, at the age of 12, I mean, 15, he was 12, uh, cancer overtook his body. But cancer didn't overtake him. And so he's now safe. Now, I got to make the last trip to Ethiopia with Tomeskin. That was his goodbye trip. That's the reason why we went, why we're in Ethiopia, because of that. And actually, the reason I did that, I'll be honest with you, is because when I heard that Bruce Cohen was going... And I wanted so much to befriend Bruce and bring him the gospel, I didn't care if they were going to Antarctica. You said, count me in, you know. But after that trip, and then Georgetown University and St. Jude's and the National Cancer Institute, she got him every treatment possible everywhere. And night runs to the CyberKnife Clinic in, in, uh, in George Washington University in D.C. to cut out this little small tumor that's now appeared on his right lung, and then this little new tumor on his left lung. And when it just didn't make sense anymore to chase all these tumors, they were just too numerous. And Tomeskin said that he just couldn't take any more chemo. And he locked himself in the bathroom of the cancer ward, and everyone said, okay, no more chemo. And he could see that the line in the sand was getting closer. And Tomeskin never was afraid to die. But as it got closer, he would tell me how much he didn't want to die. It wasn't he was afraid to die. He didn't want to die. And he would say, Tom, I am just starting my life now. I have so much to do. You know, he wanted to go back to that, I told you, the church there, for example. He said, I know God is going to heal me like that 24-year-old woman. I know he's going to heal me. He healed so many others. He's going to heal me. I know it. Now, what do you say to a 15-year-old boy, a close friend with terminal cancer, who loves the Lord with all his life, and says, I am just starting my life. 
I don't want to die. I know God is going to heal me. What do you say? What do you say to a 15-year-old boy with terminal cancer who looks you right in the eye and says, No, I am not going to die. What do you say? Well, when Temeskin said those things to me, I, I, I turned to God and I said, What do I say? What do I say? And it was just as though the Lord said to me, You sit down and tell him the truth. And I didn't know what. So I did. I sat down with him without even knowing what I was going to say. And, I, and it just came out. I said, Temeskin, I said, Pal, I said, Let me tell you what is going to happen to you. And I paused and Temeskin looked at me and I said, Temeskin, you remember back in Ethiopia, you were so poor. And I said, but that's all you knew. And I said, and you remember back in Ethiopia, you got sick. You got very sick. And you ended up in a hospital. And while you're at that hospital, you remember, Temeskin, that a very rich person came to that hospital. And she took you away and as her adopted son to her home in her country, to a place you'd never dreamed of, to you'd never heard of a place like that ever even existed. And when you got to her house and they opened that white door next to those big white columns of that four-story house with the large yard and the swimming pool outside in the back, and they said to you, Temeskin, welcome home. This is your new home. And you went from room to room, and you couldn't wait to learn to swim. And you did, even with one leg. You swam, you swam a lot, like a fish. And you met so many new people in her home, in her country, that you never met before. And you saw so many things that you never saw before. You never, Ethiopia's landlocked, you never saw the ocean before. And now all of a sudden, you're standing on the ocean shore. You, you did so many things you never did before. You played in the ocean. And I said, now, Temeskin, that all started when your life in Ethiopia ended. And I said, but when your life in Ethiopia ended, your life did not end. Your life just begun in a new location. In the U.S., your life continued in a different place. So I told them, I said, Temeskin, the exact same thing is going to happen to you all over again. Just like in Ethiopia, when you got very, very sick and you were very poor, and you got so sick that you went to a hospital. And just like in Ethiopia, when a very rich person came to the hospital and took you as her adopted son to her home in her country, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, a very rich person, is going to come to the hospital that you are in, and he's going to take you as, as his adopted son to his home in his country. And just like before, when you met all those new people, you're going to meet new people in his home. And just like before, when you saw things that you never dreamed of before, you're going to see things in his country that you've never seen before. And just like in Ethiopia, when your life ended, your life in the U.S., and on earth for that matter, is going to end. But just as your life really didn't end when you left Ethiopia... But you began a new life in the U.S., so when you die, 
And when you leave this earth, your life is not really going to end. You'll just be starting a new life in heaven. So I said to him, Temeskin, you're right. Your life is just beginning. And you have so much to do for God in your life. And you will do it. And you will live it. But you won't do it here. You'll do it in a different location. That's what happened to Temeskin. So when you get to heaven, <laughs> when you all get to heaven, look him up. <laughs> because he's dying to tell you all that he saw and all that he met and all that he did since he's been to, to uh, since the eternal chapter in his life began, chapter 3, chapter 1, Ethiopia, chapter 2, life in Ethiopia, chapter 2, life in the U.S., chapter 3, with no end, life in, in heaven. So at Temeskin's funeral service, big Methodist church in D.C., was packed. A lot, all this, most all the staff from Senator Leahy's office were there because Bruce Cohen works for him. Many, many Jewish people. And so they asked me to speak about Temeskin's faith. So I stood up there and I said, you know, when I first met Temeskin and came to understand that we were brothers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I explained something to Temeskin. I said, Temeskin, you are living in a Jewish home. And I explained to him that Jewish people do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I said, Temeskin asked me a question. And today, I kind of like to stand here with Temeskin and ask you the same question because I couldn't answer it. And he asked me this question, and that's the question I'm asking you today. And that question is, why not? Why don't the Jewish people believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And I told him that. I gave Temeskin my best answer, which was, I don't know. And then I looked at the audience and repeated Temeskin's question, why not? And I couldn't look at the audience anymore because they were giving me uh, unkind looks. So, <laughs> so I looked above the audience and imagined they were giving me kind looks. So before Temeskin died, he asked me to go back to Ethiopia and help the people. Bring them the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told me that as I walked in Ethiopia, that I should say, every place where the sole of my foot touches, that God's given that to me. And I told him I would. That's why we're there. So we had Temeskin cremated, or they had Temeskin cremated. And we were all in Ethiopia. And we had a memorial service for Temeskin. And even though it was a very, very hot day, um, heavy coats were being worn with many pockets, because in those pockets were plastic bags of Temeskin's ashes. See, you don't cremate in Ethiopia, so this is why it was done this way. So anyway, we came to our property, and there was a tree that the drug lords had, had out of spite to us, because we destroyed their drug crops, they chopped down this big tree. They chopped down all the trees. Anyways, it was a beautiful African uh, acacia, umbrella, African acacia trees, like you see. And all that remained was this cut-down stump. And so we prayed, and we scattered Temeskin's ashes by that stump. And then later we built a bench. You know, we had a bench built around the stump and a metal brace in the middle. And the tree began to grow. And now it's about seven feet tall. It started growing again. And then we put a plaque up there that says that Temeskin was like this tree. He was cut down on earth, but now he grows again in heaven. So... As a 12-year-old boy, Temeskin said he was not afraid to die because everyone was going to die sometime, and what really mattered was what you did before you died. 
And that's the meaning behind what God is intending here when he draws this line in the sand and he says, 120 years, not a day longer. And the only thing that matters is not when. It matters repentance before you die. That what's, that's what has to be accomplished. And so the message here with the 120 years is don't mess with God. Don't push him on his mercy because it is appointed. He has an appointment book and he can see every person's appointment time from Hebrews 9.27 when they've been appointed once to die and after that the judgment. Lord, that you give us times of opportunity and you have plans for us, Lord. You say you know the plans that you plan for us. And for the lost, it's repentance and to begin life. And for the saved, it's to do for God in this opportunity of faith. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful Bible study from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Just a reminder, if you would like to download this message for free, you can do so on our website, friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, also available on iTunes.com and SermonAudio.com. And for any donation of $100 or more, we will send you Tom Cantor's new Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's over 2,200 pages with over 600 pages of Bible helps, has a genuine lambskin leather cover and gold lettering. It's got over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It has over 20 full-color custom maps and timelines. It's got a full 1,500-word Bible concordance. It's got the most popular Bible scriptures to study and memorize section. It's got a prophecy and fulfillment section, names of the Messiah section, the life of Joseph study section, and so many other amazing Bible helps. It's yours for a donation of $100. Call us, 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051.